Hello, and welcome to another podcast by Touchstone Financial Education. My name is Elliot Cox, and today's podcast is going to be about asset allocation. But before I get there, let me clear out a little bit of business here, as well as review the last podcast. So again, this is Touchstone Financial Education. Our information can be found on our website, touchstonefinancialeducation.com. And thank you for all the comments that are listeners sent to us from around the world. We really appreciate it, and we try to shape our ongoing podcasts around some of your concerns as well as questions you may have. All right. Also, you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Elliot Cox again, and thank you for those folks who do kind of take a look at my profile on LinkedIn. I really appreciate it. I like seeing those faces of those folks who listen to the podcasts. Here very soon, like it's posted on the website, we're going to have classes as well as posting videos via our YouTube channel. Again, still putting the finishing touches on getting that material together, but that is coming soon, and I'm excited about that because I've always wanted to be on camera so that my listeners get to see me as well. All right, so let's review the last podcast we did on picking investments, in particular funds, not stocks, just funds. All right. So we ran through how to find the appropriate platform for you. Again, where you're going to make your investments, place your trades, etc. How to use the platform to find investments, as well as which tools are available to you outside of your platform that I like, like FinViz and Seeking Alpha and Investors Business Daily, all in the hopes that this would basically make you guys some money as well as continue your education in retirement and invest it. investments. Excuse me. So today, asset allocation, basically, it's a continuation of what I did about a week and a half ago, which is how to put together a portfolio for retirement as well as taxable investing. And I say that in two ways because... Retirement investing, depending upon your age, as well as taxable investing, can have two separate goals or two separate disciplines, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But before I do, and I'm going to put this into context for you guys, today the markets have been doing quite well despite how people have felt about the markets. That goes to market sentiment. How do individual investors feel? Well, those of you who are more aggressive or really enjoy investing know that tech stocks have been defying gravity. And I even mentioned that in the market update on the website. That's continuing. Artificial intelligence, chips, as well as a few other sectors seem to be running, and those investors who are willing to take that risk have been rewarded. So in the context of this market, we're going to go ahead and talk about that asset allocation. Also today, as I record this, it looks like there is a debt ceiling deal and will be voted on this evening, so a little bit of uncertainty will be removed from the markets, and those of you who've listened to my podcast before know that the uncertainty is what kills the markets. It's not inflation, high energy prices, high unemployment, although we haven't had that in a long time. It's the uncertainty that scares investors. So if we're able to take a little bit of uncertainty off the table, that is definitely a good thing. And hopefully that'll continue the upward climb for the markets into the second half of this year. All right. So asset allocation, 
What is it? It's just a way of dividing up the resources you have for retirement and your taxable investing account, your brokerage account. The most common way to establish an asset allocation that is appropriate for you is to take your age into consideration. Also on the last podcast, I mentioned risk profile questionnaires. Take that. That'll help you as well. All right. This will help determine what type of investments you choose and in what percentages. Now, there is a class of funds out there that many of you have in your retirement accounts called target date trust funds or retirement date trust funds. And these have a year in the title, like 2035 or 2050 or 2060, depending upon your age. And you use these funds if you're a beginning investor, you don't like to watch, but I bring it up because they set up the appropriate asset allocation for your age. So the younger you are, the more aggressive you can be. So for example, if you are invested in a 2055 fund, today your asset allocation looks like this. It's split between stocks and bonds, of course, as most of these funds are. But in a 2055 fund, you're at about 90% stocks and 10% bonds and cash. Of that 90% now, of the stocks, okay, half of that is large cap domestic growth. So that's your U.S. equity fund, your growth fund, your S&P 500 index fund. And for those of you who listen to my index fund podcast know what I'm talking about. This is the biggest chunk of that asset allocation for a 2055 fund. So of that 90%, half of that is large cap domestic growth. And cap stands for capitalization. Big companies, Tesla, Microsoft, Nike, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, so on and so forth. Most of these companies are tied to the S&P 500 if they don't have a component of that index in there. Then after that half, we get another 20% or so split between what's called small and mid-cap. And these are smaller companies. They're more aggressive. A lot of them you've heard of. Some of them you haven't. Honestly, a lot of technology and biotech companies that are up and coming makes up this 20% in this type of fund. And then last but not least, we have another 20% or so in foreign stocks. Okay, so that the foreign component is just like I said, you know, you're investing outside the United States, but it's split between international and emerging market. And the difference there is international investing is investing in the first world outside of the United States. So that's the European Union, Australia, South Korea, so on and so forth. You guys get the idea. The emerging market component is very interesting because that's where we have a very aggressive component, usually anchored in China, but it also includes the Middle East, parts of Africa, and Southeast Asia, those parts of the world that are up and coming. And I know China is a huge juggernaut in the world, but it is still considered a merging market. So there you have it. That's an asset allocation for a 2055 fund. And again, Remember, this is based on your age, and I highly recommend you take a risk profile questionnaire through your retirement platform, your 401k, 403b, 
your TSP if you're a federal employee, but you can also do this through your brokerage account or your taxable investing as well. Again, the idea is to set up an allocation that is appropriate for you. And one of the things that we don't do when we're setting up this allocation is we don't want to pursue performance. And what that means is, as for example, tech stocks are taking off, as I had mentioned, or excuse me, they've already taken off this year, we don't want to just chase that performance. We don't want to just be heavy in tech because that's what's making money today. We're investing, I hope, for the long haul, so we have a buy and hold strategy. And by long haul, I mean at least a couple of years, in the very least for your taxable investment accounts, one year. Retirement, of course, you can't touch that money until you're 59 and a half, so you're in it for the long haul relative to your age. All right. So we don't want to chase performance. We want to establish an asset allocation, and this allows us to maintain a great discipline with our investments. So we don't get rattled when the markets go down a lot as they did last year and pretty much the year before, right? And we don't get too excited when the markets are going up like they're doing this year. We don't want to chase that performance because with the appropriate asset allocation over the long haul, you are more likely to make money. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't take a little bit of extra risk when the markets are doing well, but know that the smallest component of whatever portfolio you're putting together should be that most aggressive part of the portfolio. So if you can imagine a pyramid, if you will, the tippy top of the pyramid would be individual stocks or very aggressive funds like a chip fund or artificial intelligence or clean energy or maybe emerging market. Whatever interests you that is very aggressive, that is the tippy top of your pyramid. And you can change that from time to time. And I'm not going to say don't chase performance here. So here's an asterisk by my previous statement, meaning don't chase performance, but if things are going well, to allocate a small portion of your resources is not a bad idea. As long as the majority of that pyramid, the base of the pyramid, is exposed to the broadest components of the market. Okay, And if you're not using a target date fund or a retirement date fund, please use index funds for this part. This will give you the broadest exposure large cap, mid cap, as well as small cap growth and perhaps some foreign, but just make sure that it is well diversified and it is broad based and you can sit on that for the long haul so that even for you aggressive investors and experienced investors who are listening to this, know that that part of your money is taken care of, set it and forget it while you focus on the tip of that pyramid, whether they be sector funds or like I said, stocks, a little bit earlier. All right, one of the things, and I'm going to circle back to this, one of the things that I, I really want to mention here before I continue is that the difference between an asset allocation for retirement and one for taxable investing is usually your time frame. So if you have a time frame, for example, I want to buy a house in five years, right? Or I'm going to take a sabbatical or I'm taking a very nice vacation and you know that you're not going to be investing for decades with some of this money, then you might want to take some risk off the table so that your asset allocation, 
your overall investments in that account are perhaps a little less risky than what you would do in your retirement account. That's all, all right? So where we might have aggressive stocks like the Palantirs and the artificial intelligence stuff, you know, the Amazons, the Microsoft, the C3 AIs of the world, you might not have that in your brokerage account or money that you can tap into whenever you want for this trip, buying this home, taking this sabbatical, because you're going to need the money sooner than later. So as I mentioned earlier about having a different discipline or asset allocation, that's what I'm referring to. All right. Now, with the brokerage account, for those of you who've listened to me before, know that it is a taxable account. So you will pay taxes. However, there is a way to be tax efficient with this type of account and this type of investing. So as we establish the appropriate asset allocation for us, after we've taken our risk profile questionnaire, taken our age and consideration, and of course our time frame, all right, you can choose investments like individual stocks. Again, just a handful, the tip of the pyramid, but more importantly, you can use index funds which do not have a lot of turnover. And turnover in a fund is the number of times the money manager, the fund manager, if you will, will buy and sell positions because every time they do that, that's a taxable event. And if you're investing using index funds, because the index doesn't really change too much, there's not a lot of turnover. So you can go ahead and grow your resources in that brokerage account using index funds along with this asset allocation that I'm talking about today and have a minimal tax hit. And again, of course you can use stocks because as long as you don't sell a stock, there's neither a gain nor a loss, right? So we can have an, a, a really good asset allocation with a tax efficient approach to investing for our brokerage accounts, our taxable investing accounts, sometimes known as general investing accounts. On the retirement side, it doesn't really matter because that money grows tax deferred. Again, you can't touch it until you are 59 and a half anyway. Now, one of the things that I went through as well last time, tools, right? How do I find these investments to set up my asset allocation? Your platform, whether it's, you know, the Vanguards, the Fidelities, the Schwabs, the E-Trades, right? They all have wonderful tools to help you set up that asset allocation by picking the appropriate investments. All right, so I would start there to look for those investments. And again, I mentioned that last time. Also, there are tools outside of your platform. One of my favorites today is finviz.com. No affiliation, of course, I just like it. Um, F-I-N as in Nancy, V-I-Z, finviz.com. All right, and it's a wonderful investment screener, especially for you stock pickers. Uh, there is ETFDB.com. They give you 30 different categories of funds to pick from. More specifically on that site, though, uh, you will find what are called sector funds, funds that invest in narrow parts of the market. So instead of a broad-based fund like a large-cap growth fund, there will be funds that invest specifically in different components of the market, like clean energy, like chips, like communication services, so on and so forth. All right, so please do your homework there. And then last but not least, 
I like U.S. News and World Report for you moderate to conservative investors. If you Google U.S. News and World Report best ETF list, that uh, link will pop up. And you can see that it's also, it's not just ETFs, but it's also mutual funds. And this will help you pick out appropriate funds and they break it down into different categories, even tax-free bonds. All right. So these are tools outside of the platform that you will be investing through that I like. And again, they're very easy to use, very well laid out, not too complicated. And of course, they are free. So by combining what you see in your platform, as well as these few ideas outside, and believe me, there are many more. These are just the three that I'm bringing up today. You can go ahead and put together a decent asset, excuse me, asset allocation without having to do too much work. Now, remember, the broad base of that pyramid are these index funds or broad-based funds. And as we climb up, we can use these sector funds, but they're smaller in portion to that broad base, right? That that sector fund. And at the tippy top, yes, use stocks. Yes, if you see opportunities in the market and you want to capture some performance, go for it. But remember, keep that to a very small percentage of your overall asset allocation. And you know, I keep going back to tech running, tech running, tech running. I know I sound like a broken record here. But as sentiment is going to change in the market here very soon, as they come up with a plan to raise the debt ceiling, again, voting on that this evening, as individual investors who have been gun shy as a result of what happened last year, maybe a year and a half ago, not just in the stock market and bond market, you're going to see that the markets are presenting some wonderful opportunities. And I bring up asset allocation today to inject some discipline into what you're going to be doing. Again, we don't want to chase performance. We don't want to get too happy because before you know it, ladies and gentlemen, we will all forget about the pain of 22 in the markets, right? The stock market went down, the bond market went down, and inflation ate up your cash. But it doesn't take long for us to forget those bad days, if you will, when things start to turn around and the average investor on the street feels good. And that's when we end up overweight in certain sectors that perhaps are a little too aggressive for what we should be doing. But it feels good because why? It keeps going up. I'm making money. Why should I care? Well, if you can, remember what happened last year, right? That's why we inject discipline. That's why we use an asset allocation model, all right? So once we've got all that set up, we've got our discipline, we're not going to chase performance, the markets are doing well, we're not going to get too excited, how do I maintain that asset allocation? Well, again, this is a set-it-and-forget-it form of investing for both your retirement and brokerage account, but this is an old-school move. You can rebalance your allocation, oh, about once a year. And we used to do it in the fourth quarter, but the way these platforms are laid out, a lot of them will do it automatically for you on a quarterly basis. My opinion is it doesn't need to happen that often. Once a year, once every couple of years these days, given the types of funds and access to information that we have, is probably more than sufficient. And what this means is, a rebalancing, if you will, what this means is that you take a look at your asset allocation, how you set it up at the beginning of the year or maybe a couple of years ago, 
and you move or adjust your investments to maintain that allocation. Maybe your small cap component did really well and outpaced the large cap and the foreign component. Well, then you shave a little bit off that small cap and you allocate it to whatever component of that allocation was lacking or maybe didn't do so well, right? That's how you maintain that asset allocation that you have set up for yourself, all right? Again, platforms will do this for you, so you don't need to sit there with your calculator or pen and paper for you old school folks like myself. The platform will do it for you, but know that maintaining that allocation over the long haul will help you make more money in the market. We don't get excited when it goes up a lot like tech has, and we don't get rattled and frustrated like when it goes down like it did last year. All right, so that's basically an asset allocation model or how to set up an asset allocation model. And that's on the heels of how to pick funds, right? So we went through how to pick funds. Today was about an asset allocation. We're not gonna chase performance. And thank you guys once again for listening. Again, my name is Elliot Cox. Please reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'd love to see your faces. Check us out on our website, touchstonefinancialeducation.com. And for those of you who've taken time out of your busy schedules to go to the website and leave us some comments and ask us questions, we really appreciate it because that helps us shape the program going forward. And please look out for those videos that are coming soon. I will announce them here on the podcast and also putting together those classes after we do a couple of these videos. It will be fun. Looking forward to it. I've already had a few people nudge me to hurry up and get this over with so that they can continue the learning in a more personal environment with a few of their friends, maybe up to 10 to 15, however we're going to set that up. Thank you once again for listening. Everyone take care.